Welcome back to a Clubfoot Mom podcast. I am your host and fellow Clubfoot Mom, Maureen Hoff. On today's episode, we're going to talk to Jessica Pate, the founder and CEO of We Are Brave Together, a nonprofit organization that provides respite, community, and resources for mothers caring for children of any age with disabilities, unique needs, or other medical or mental health needs. The name of We Are Brave Together may ring a bell as I spoke about this organization in a previous podcast about the virtual support group for moms of Clubfoot Cuties, which is run through this nonprofit. I first heard about We Are Brave Together through a friend and immediately connected with their mission. I reached out to Jessica about hosting the support group and the rest is history. I wanted to bring Jessica on today to talk about the importance of community for moms who are caregivers as well, and how important it is for us to connect, share stories, and find ways to provide self-care for each other. I will let Jessica tell you about herself and her story, so let's dive in. Welcome to the podcast, Jessica. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Maureen. It's so good to be here with you. Uh, I'm so excited for this episode and for you to share um, all about what you've done and how you, this community you've created with We Are Brave Together. So why don't we just start at the beginning? Tell us kind of your story. Okay. Thank you. So um, I've been married to my husband for 25 years and we have three very unique children and Mm -hmm. Luke is 21 in college and Ryan is our son who is uh, who was diagnosed with Prader-Willi syndrome. He is 19. And we have Kate, who is 17. And we received Ryan's diagnosis when he was five weeks old. Mm-hmm. So when he was born, he couldn't cry, he couldn't suck, he could hardly move. So we knew something was wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the first day I was in such ooey-gooey love with my second baby that I wasn't really grasping. And nobody was really telling us. It was the second day when my pediatrician said, okay, we're going to do a brain scan. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do that, you know. And then I thought, oh my gosh, this is serious. Mm -hmm. So we spent a month in the hospital doing different testing. We didn't have any answers. My husband was the one who actually brought up Prader-Willi syndrome because of Ryan's symptoms. Mm. He had failure to thrive, which mm-hmm. I'm sure your listeners know what that is when babies mm. don't cry for food, they don't wake for food, and they can't suck. Um, he had undescended testicles, he had some breathing issues, and he had low muscle tone, which was why he couldn't suck, why he didn't cry, why he could hardly move. And so Chris Googled that and found Prader-Willi syndrome. And so we requested testing for that. And about a week after we got out of the hospital, we got a call from our pediatrician. Mm. And so that is when our journey began. And we were shocked. Mm-hmm. We were scared. Mm-hmm. Our hearts and jaws were on the ground because when you read about it, it's such a crazy mix of symptoms. Mm. Mm. It's it there's medical issues, it's a rare genetic disorder that mm. it just is a fluke that happens at conception. It's not something that's passed down. Mm. And then you read about this crazy food drive that kicks in in childhood, and mm. you think, this is a thing, this is a disorder. Are you kidding? So 
In the early years, you're focused on milestones because of the low muscle tone. So mm -hmm. OTPT speech. Mm -hmm. And Brian didn't walk till he was three. He had a feeding tube his first year of life. So we had all the early interventions. Mm -hmm. And then we were just waiting for that other shoe to drop with that food drive. Mm -hmm. um, so we waited and waited. Um, definitely he was affected cognitively. He was affected academically. Um, probably by the age of, I don't know, nine, we knew he probably wasn't going to get his high school diploma, which sounds like early to make that judgment. But there was such a big gap between Ryan and his peers that mm. we knew even if we hired all the tutors and specialists, it wasn't wasn't going to make a difference. Mm -hmm. And then at some point in elementary school, we saw the food drive, but it was very slow. It was a very slow burn is how we describe it, that it just increased, increased, increased over time. And we didn't have to lock our kitchen till he was 13. Mm -hmm. So in PWS, there are no satiety signals. And so mm. you don't ever feel full, which are you feeling then hungry all the time? Ryan thankfully doesn't say, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. That's never been his phrase, but he always wants reassurance who's going to feed him breakfast. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if it's a weekend, who's going to feed me lunch? Who's going to feed me dinner? Mm -hmm. He doesn't necessarily need to know what it is, mm -hmm. but he needs reassurance of who is going to feed him. Okay. So we started locking the kitchen when he was 13. And then by the time he was 16, we had to become very vigilant. So mm -hmm. any, anytime anybody leaves the kitchen unlocked, he's paying attention Mm -hmm. and grabbing something and we're really well trained and I'm really mm -hmm. vigilant and it mm -hmm. still happens right it's really crazy mm -hmm. um and it's life-threatening because kids will literally eat themselves into a medical emergency wow. rupture their tummies it's it's scary it's it's very scary so um wow. so yeah it's it's a crazy crazy disorder wow was there any other treatment that you guys had to do for him? I mean, I knew you talked about the OT, the PT, the speech. Mm -hmm. Was that stuff that you had to do throughout his childhood? Yes. Or, and then, okay. We did. And the other thing that we also started when he was an infant was growth hormone injections. Because okay. those with the syndrome will tend to be short for the family. So it's not dwarfism. But they mm -hmm. tend to be short for the family. And so growth hormone was actually FDA approved for mm -hmm. PWS, mm. um, I believe, about 20 years ago. And so Ryan started GH shots by the time he was about 10 weeks mm -hmm. old. And he still gets it now that he's full grown. He's mm -hmm. probably six foot one. Mm -hmm. uh, he um, he has a maintenance dose, a very low dose. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing about Ryan and your story. And I want to just pick your brain a little bit about how did the first, so you've started, we are brave together, right? It's going great. What was like your first thought? Like, where did that first like spark come from where you're like, where the idea even started to form? Well, I, I mean, I think it's kind of in my DNA. I am a girlfriend's girlfriend. I love my girlfriends. They've always been my family. Mm. I always, made my relationships a really big priority. And before I got married, I started doing girls trips. 
after I got married, continued that after I had kids, continued that. Mm-hmm. And also when Ryan was diagnosed, we jumped into our first support group when he was two months old. Mm-hmm. So we joined the Prada Willie California Foundation. We joined the national organization that's based in Florida. And we found our tribe. We found mm-hmm. other people going through it. I found mm-hmm. a mentor. Mm-hmm. And all of that really contributed to our well-being was having other people in our lives, whether their kids were the same age or a little bit younger, and definitely those who had kids who were older that we could ask a lot of questions mm-hmm. to. It really helped us feel held and mm-hmm. supported and like we were not alone. Okay. And so knowing the highs and lows and the stress and the logistics of navigating when you have a child with a disability, with an IEP, uh, navigating the regional center, which is our state agency in California that provides services to kids mm-hmm. who qualify and Ryan qualified um, from the time of diagnosis. I, I just, I knew that I knew that I wanted to provide something for moms. Mm. And because I had always made it a point to ask for help and to engage in self-care practices and to take breaks mm-hmm. and have date nights with Chris, mm-hmm. I just wanted to create something where moms could show up, mm-hmm. have a sense of belonging, be around other women who get it. Mm-hmm. You've heard me say this probably more in girlfriends who get you are sacred and mandatory. Yeah. Because I have amazing friends who don't have kids with disabilities. But I need my friends who do have kids with disabilities because they understand. Mm -hmm. And I can say all the things that I can't maybe say on Facebook or what have you, right? And we just just understand each other, certainly with the same diagnosis. But even when our diagnoses are are different, it doesn't really matter. Mm. It doesn't really matter. We have this bond and we can be there for each other and empower each other and strengthen each other and... I think when we gather together, we're braver and we're stronger. So um, my my passion for the friendship of women and connection and community colliding mm-hmm. with my heart for, for moms, for caregiving moms, special needs moms, whatever you want to call us, mm-hmm. is where We Are Brave Together was born. And mm-hmm. I had been doing these fluffy girlfriends retreats with one of my best friends starting in 2012, where we'd pick a location and a hotel and a speaker and mm. a group of 10, 15, 20 women would get together just by word of mouth mm. and we'd have a great girls weekend, but also get filled up because you have an inspirational speaker that mm-hmm. you know comes to share something that, you know, is helpful and encouraging and empowering. So probably in 2000. 16, we were in Nashville just at the tail end of a retreat. And we turned to each other and said, This is great, but where could we really meet a need? What mm-hmm. about if we specifically put on retreats for moms who have kids with disabilities or any kind of unique right. or extreme wow. needs? So the idea was birth. And I had always been sort of like hands open to the universe, like something has to come out of this crazy story. Mm-hmm. Something yeah. has to bring purpose. Yeah out yeah. of this craziness. They can't, this can't be just for not. 
Mm. I just, I just knew there had to be something and I was open to being used in whatever way mm-hmm. to make purpose out of pain. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was just open and then the idea came and we are brave together was just to me, the perfect name because we come together, we swap war stories, mm-hmm. war and love stories, mm-hmm. and we are strengthened by each other's strength, resilience, mm-hmm. tenacity, compassion, love. Right. Yeah, it's such a beautiful thing. And I think that's what drew me to We Are Brave Together and why I found that to be the perfect spot for the support group for the Clubfoot community, because it was just this idea that we're better when we are able to support each other and we can be braver together. It's so funny because actually I have a tattoo on my foot and it says, be brave. And I got it with my best friend who also has a child with disabilities and she has the same tattoo. Um, on her foot that says be brave. And so it's this idea of bravery um, between, they just felt like there was this commonality between us because we knew there was kind of a different term. There was a different meaning for brave for us because we had become kind of medical moms as we like to call it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think it's just so powerful. What do you think are, like what are some of the main goals of we are brave together now like today so five years in we've Mm -hmm. grown to you know we're getting close to 2,000 moms Uh, that's beautiful I mean it's just been this beautiful organic growth over five years of course I want to reach more and more moms Mm -hmm. we do represent all 50 states we represent 21 countries I want that to grow I would love I would love for us to have more and more support groups Mm -hmm. throughout the United States and outside. We do have two outside of the United States. And I just want moms to not feel alone. So if a support group, whether it's virtual or in person, can Mm -hmm. be that touch point, whether keeping our podcast going can be that touch Mm -hmm. point, or whether our retreats expand so that we are doing them all over the United States and every single month, and that's your touch point, Mm. that's that's what I want I really think what our organization that is offering that's different than others is our retreats our intimate Mm -hmm. retreats of 15 to 20 women coming together mostly in a home or a couple of homes with a speaker Mm. all food provided drinks provided snacks provided you get a goodie bag Mm -hmm. and we we charge much lower than what it actually costs because we're trying to make it accessible. We have mm-hmm. retreat scholarships as well. And I would love to see that expand mm. greatly because there's something magical about coming together mm-hmm. in person. Mm-hmm. There's something about that community that you have in person. Um, I love the virtual support group that I'm doing. It's um, But there is something about being with people and 
I think there's just a thing that you can, it fills you up in a way because it also provides a break, right? It's like, it's provides a break and it provides a way for you to recharge. It's not a break because you're going to work or you're, you know, or whatever it is, but it's your time to spend also in community with people who are dealing with very similar things, not the same per se, but with the same sort of idea that what we're going through. So I just love the retreats and I just think that they they are really um, a difference that I see with We Are Brave Together versus other um, other businesses out there, nonprofits that have that same sort of, you know, that have some sort of wanting to support, but that retreat piece is really vital, I think. And Thank everybody you. listening, okay, that's what I'm trying to say. Hint, hint. Get <laughs> into the retreats. I'm telling you, it's worth it. And mm-hmm. I would love to host a retreat here in Colorado sometime because it's such a great, it's such a great location. It is. So we can make that happen. Let's make it happen, Jessica, okay. sometime in the future. Okay. Okay. Um, it doesn't have to be clubfoot specific. We can right. have some clubfoot welcome, of course, but also some others. So, anyways, yes. for another time. But um you talked a lot about like the you're wanting like the girlfriend friendship and then the mom's piece. So why do you think the connection between moms is like so important specifically for parents on these kind of medically complex journeys? Well, and I think maybe we maybe we said this before. It's just it is a different journey. I call it altered motherhood. It's okay. altered parenting, right? Mm. It's it's a unique experience. And it's really important to be among people who understand it. Okay. Because, you know, even your best friends who are the most loving, supported, empathetic, they don't know what it's like to walk in your shoes. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important to not only you have a sense of belonging because it's very easy to feel you don't fit in in other spaces Mm -hmm. because your life is so different. You can't just get up and go to the beach with your kids. Are you, Mm -hmm. we don't take family vacations with Ryan anymore. It's Mm -hmm. way too stressful. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's so many aspects of our life that are different. You know, like I think, um, you know, my kids are 17, 19 and 21. They are at great ages where Mm -hmm. my husband and I could say, we're taking off for the weekend. Mm-hmm. See you later. Someone will check on you, make sure there's no party. But dad and I are going to go away for the weekend. Right. We can't do that. Ryan has to be watched 24-7. If mm-hmm. I am at a retreat, if I take a girl's trip, which I still do my girl's trips, mm-hmm. somebody has to be with him 24-7. And mm-hmm. so if I don't have other people who understand that, mm. what we carry, mm-hmm. I would feel less carried, right? We we do mm-hmm. hold each other. We mm-hmm. hold the sacred space of this crazy, beautiful journey mm-hmm. together. And, you know, human connection is the foundation for our emotional, mental, physical, relational well-being. We are not meant to live, love, work, mm-hmm. learn in isolation, right? We mm-hmm. saw that in COVID. We saw that during the shutdown. Yeah. We are not meant to be isolated and our lives isolate us. So we have to be connected. Right. We have to be intentional mm-hmm. about community. Yeah. I think you're so right. I think that isolation piece, it's so easy to fall into that. When you are dealing with something that not, you're, you're, 
all the neighbors around you aren't dealing with, right? It's this piece of, it can make you feel really alone. And if you're alone, um, you feel like, at least for me, it was like I was going it alone and I just had to brave through it. And then all the stuff that I had ever done for self-care, which was pretty minimal before I even had a clubfoot cutie, but became really non-existent when I had her because it felt like I had to like shoulder up and, do this all on my own. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's why a big part of what I talk about is trying to find the right support for you. Um, Mm -hmm. And to figure out that not our kids become so much of the priority, right? Because we have to take, we have to research, we have to learn, we have to, we have to care for them, all of the stuff that's all going to be done. Right. And that's all on our shoulders, but we're in the background are all these moms who are trying to do all of that and then leaving behind all the things that they need to make themselves available. And I think that's a big jump that I see with parents a lot. They don't, moms in particular, don't know how to care for themselves. And we hear it all the time, right? It feels like it's constantly preached to you. Self-care is so important, but it's like, nobody understands how hard that is. Nobody gets how hard self-care is. Like, it's easy for you to say that, but I can't, I still don't, have anybody else put my kid to bed at night and she's almost five, right? Like, so it's easy to be like, okay, this is what you should do. Go for a date night, do these sort of things. But for me, I'm like, so I think that's one of the beauties of what we are brave together and what you're talking about stands for Mm -hmm. an avenue that sees that and goes, Mm -hmm. okay, how can we actually provide some self-care for parents? Right. Right. And, you know, not only our specific offerings, whether, you know, it's our retreats or support groups or a podcast, but, you know, I am here on a mission, Mm. giving you permission to take care of yourself, Mm -hmm. to take breaks, to shift the way that you've been thinking about your caregiving, that, you know, you're the only one who's putting your daughter Mm -hmm. to bed. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about that, Maureen, right? Mm -hmm is it really the, are you really, really the only, only person or Mm -hmm. does it just feel like you're really the only person we can talk offline later about this, but you know, I'm, I'm here also to remind moms who are stuck in overwhelm and burnout. Mm -hmm. Okay. There are tiny shifts Mm. that are possible. Mm -hmm. There are tiny shifts that are possible, but we don't, move from overwhelm or burnout or caregiving habits because it feels scary. Yeah. It doesn't, Mm -hmm. I heard this on a podcast and this is not my own thought, but I just think it's such an aha revelation. Mm -hmm. We don't change the way we do things because it feels unfamiliar and therefore scary. Mm -hmm. So we're more likely to stay in burnout, overwhelm and overdo the caregiving Mm -hmm. because change feels so much harder. Than overwhelm. Mm. So I'm I'm here to say, you are worthy of mm-hmm. making those changes. Mm-hmm. You are worthy of investing in. Mm-hmm. And if you're the primary caregiver, you're the most important person in the family. And I know I'm very audacious when I say that, but if you go down, the ship goes down. And so I'm such an advocate for moms mm-hmm. taking care of themselves. I'm not saying go get your nails done. I'm yeah. saying pray, meditate. Mm-hmm. do yoga, do paint, you know, mm-hmm. whatever lights you up. Yeah. 
that's going to sustain you for the long haul because Netflix is great. Glass of wine is great. Some dark chocolate, getting your nails done, a massage, but none of those will sustain you for the long haul. So I'm here giving you permission mm-hmm. to invest in those things that will sustain you. Mm-hmm. I think that that's just so beautiful and so key because I think it is that piece of being scared to change being scared to let go of because the stakes feel so high. Yes. Right. We all feel like if it's not me. If I'm, if I let the pieces drop, then who's going to pick them up. And I think the thought in our minds is no one, no one's going to pick them up. And so then who suffers because of that? Because our children, right. Um, Which is the last thing we want. So it becomes this cycle in our head of like, Okay, well, I have to always do this when the reality is there are little things that you can do to start Mm -hmm. to shift that. And Mm -hmm. you are so important. And that's the part that's, like you said, it's worth, I mean, I'll back you up 100%. The caregiving parent is the most important person on the ship. And I try to tell that not only on your ship and your family, but on your medical care team for your kids. You're the most important person. So. Your voice needs to be heard. So how do we fill you up so that yes. you can do that? Right, right. And that's an answer I still am working towards, right? Right. Yes, we we all are. We all mm-hmm. are. If we're exhausted, then we're not going to want to read through the IEPs or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever comes after life after 22 and the plans that we have with whatever state agents. I mean, we're just going to be like, sign, I'm, I'm done. I'm exhausted. I can't figure it out. I can't research all the resources. I can't, I'm just, I'm burnt. I'm burnt. I'm burnt. I can't do anything anymore. And we don't, we don't want to be that type of advocate. Right. Right. I think that's so true. So what do you think are, what are like the benefits of creating slash building a community, right? Like what, how is that, how can moms tap into that as Mm -hmm. a small shift? Well, I think certainly can join we are brave together Mm -hmm. um that was a shameless plug you can certainly look for um either facebook facebook groups Mm -hmm. for your child's diagnosis or for your town Mm -hmm. uh your area your county um you can see if there's any in-person extensions there are there are a lot of support groups that are out there that are meeting in person as well if you're listening and you're thinking oh i don't I don't know of anything where I am. I'll, can I start one, Jessica? Yes, I can. We can teach you right. how. We can help you do that under the the care and guidance of We Are Brave Together. Absolutely. Uh, I would say simply if your if your child is in school, mm-hmm. uh, or if your child is in is older and your child's in some sort of day program or whatever comes after twenty two or even mm-hmm. after eighteen. I would try to connect with other moms whose kids are also there. Mm-hmm. Now that's hard. No one's going to give you a roster of here are all the parents whose kids are in the class, but you can ask a teacher. You can ask the therapist at school. You mm-hmm. can ask the outside OTPT speech therapist, or if your child's getting ABA or behavioral services or um, adapted sports programs. Mm-hmm. Those are all areas where you can find other parents and you build community mm-hmm. in your school district, 
through any specialist that touched your child, any therapist mm-hmm. that touches your child, mm-hmm. you can ask them, can you connect me with one other mom? Can mm-hmm. you connect me with two other moms? Right. Whether, whether they're near or far mm-hmm. so that I can talk to them. And I, I had that when Ryan was an infant. Mm-hmm. I had one of his OTs who I will never forget connect me with another mom whose kid had already entered the school district. Mm. And so she held my hand and walked me through a lot. Wow. So you just have to yeah. acknowledge that you need it and to yeah. just be brave and and take those mm-hmm. steps to reach out. Right. And be creative too in the way that you need to uh, find it, right? Because it's not all, I always say about support, it's not a one size fits all situation. The big support groups for Clubfoot are great for some people. They're not great for me. They're so so Mm -hmm. overwhelming, especially Mm -hmm. at the beginning. They're more manageable now. But um, I think you have to figure out what it is that you need. And some of that takes a little bit of, and a lot of us don't know, right? Everyone asks like, what do you need? And you're like, I don't know. If I knew what I needed, I'd do it. But it's about just kind of thinking what would help me today. And Mm -hmm. I had a similar experience where we found I have two moms that are still like my clubfoot touchstones. They were on the podcast before, and we were the ones that we, before we even had our babies, we were like, we knew the diagnosis and we, they became my touchstone through the whole thing. And without them, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, and it wasn't a large community. It was just two people. And that, that was enough for me to mm-hmm. go, mm-hmm. okay, it was my lifeline during that time. It is. And exactly it. We are each other's lifeline. Mm-hmm. We are each other's survival guide. We learn from each other. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that I could ask for that at mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you told me that. I'm so glad you shared your story. Mm-hmm. We learn so much from each other. Right. Exactly. So I always ask everybody this on the podcast. Um, and I actually did a podcast about why I asked this question to everybody because moments have become such a big part of my day-to-day gratitude, like gratitude piece. Just thinking, mm-hmm. like, wow, that one moment and just stopping and noticing, right? It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be momentous. It's just literally like, wow, that gave me pause, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to hear one of yours with, with your journey with Ryan. That stand out to you. There are so many, but a couple that stand out to me were when we launched We Are Brave together. Mm -hmm. We first launched the big party in my backyard. And then we followed that up with our first support group in brunch at my house. There was probably 35 moms that showed up that day. Ryan came home from school. We probably ended literally minutes before he came. It just went so long because people Mm -hmm. just shared and let Mm -hmm. down and it was beautiful. Um, He said, mom, did the moms feel loved today? Mm -hmm. I mean, he was 14 at the time. So sweet, so beautiful, so deep. Yeah. And, and he's asked that question, you know, many times in the last five years, when I talk about we are right together events and what I'm doing, the other very memorable moment was when he was on my podcast and I was 
It was a story episode where I was sharing the story I'd written years ago about when we shared with Ryan his diagnosis of Prader-Willi syndrome. Mm. And so I decided to share that story and interview Ryan because mm-hmm. he was, you know, the main, yeah. the main character in that story. Mm-hmm. And it, it started off really slow. I mean, Ryan's a talker and he, he would talk your ear off. He would love you. He'd be all over you if you walked in my house. Mm-hmm. And he was barely saying anything. And I thought, oh gosh, he, he just was so shy. He was yeah. so, I'm, so I'm like pulling things out of him. I'm like, okay, you know, and then he warmed up and he turned the tables on me and he was like, well, how does it feel for you, mom, to be a special needs mom? I could cry right now. Oh my gosh. It was so, so sweet and powerful. Yeah. And, you know, here's my giant 19 year old who, you know, he's Mm -hmm. full of so much love and care and compassion and empathy. And then he can also melt down like a four-year-old, you know, and just fall apart, fall apart. Right. And I think that's the piece. It's just such a beautiful story because I think about that a lot, how we get encompassed and we get placed in these boxes, especially our kids that have these needs, right? Like you're only one thing and you don't see the full scope of Mm -hmm. who that person is and how they are such an extraordinary human from, for all of it. It's not one thing or the other, right? And so those moments where you're, where they, your kids surprise you are just so powerful and impactful. Yeah. And it sounds like he's such an intuitive kid. He is. He is. He, and I don't think I realized that until the last couple of years. Yeah. And he probably was all along, but I just was not seeing it and appreciating it. Wow. It's so incredible. Thank you for sharing those. So let's talk about where people can learn about We Are Brave Together. Where do they go? Thank you. So just go to wearebravetogether.org. That's our website. I'll put it in the show notes. Wonderful. It's all our offerings are there. So if you look under gatherings, you'll see support groups, resource groups, retreats. Okay. We are also on Instagram at wearebravetogether. Okay. And our podcast is called Brave Together with Jessica Pate, found on multiple platforms. Again, everything is on our website. So you could go to our podcast page to figure out how to find our, our podcast. And we do story episodes and practical episodes and we flip flop back and forth. So our practical episodes are with experts Mm -hmm. who give a presentation on a particular topic. Our story episodes are stories that are submitted by moms, mainly only moms so far, Mm -hmm. uh, about any aspect of, of caregiving. And uh, so we are open if anyone's listening, they want to submit a story. Okay. Would be great. great. Yeah. The We Are Brave Together uh, website is really just kind of a one-stop shop of where you can find all of this information. And if you want to register for the support groups or find out more about the retreats, um, those types of things, it's all in that information. And you just are able, it's easy to register. It's easy to figure it out. So it's very intuitive. It's not confusing. So <laughs> I like things that are intuitive because sometimes as us medical moms, we have enough of the complex. We need stuff that just 
you just click this link and I'm signed up, right? Right, exactly. Please make it easy for me. <laughs> I know, just make it easy. It's so hard. The fact that you got there is a big piece. So now let's right. figure out, go the next step. And I encourage everybody to really check it out and join the community. The newsletters are really great too. Um, they send them out and they feature a brave mom every month. And I think it just really goes a long way to create community and to help you feel a little, um, just a little more supported, held like what Jessica said. So I really encourage you guys to check it out. And you guys can always contact me too, if you want more information um, about it, because obviously I am a fan. So I really want to thank Jessica. Thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks, Maureen. Good to be with you. Thank you for all that you are doing. And thank you for leading your group. I want to thank Jessica for being a guest on the podcast today. It was so wonderful to have her. And I love learning about all the different ways that we are brave together as helping moms. It's just truly inspiring. And I'm so grateful to be a part of that community. And I encourage all of you listening who are moms to look into that. Find some sort of community that works for you so that you can find those abilities and those connections with other moms that are also in that caregiving role. I'm just so grateful for all the work that We Are Brave Together and Jessica does for all of us caregiving moms out there. And as always, thanks for listening. And if you like this episode and found it helpful, you know another caregiving mom who'd really benefit from it, please share with them. And subscribe, like, whatever it is you're supposed to do with podcast. And if you need to get in contact with me, you want to have any more information about Jessica and the her organization, then you can do so through my website at maureenhoff.com or my Instagram account at Clubfoot Chronicles Mom. Until next time.